0: Welcome to our community. This is our part Beth Parshas Vayera. Today is Election Day. Yay! Vote for Mashiach. So um, the world is in every everybody. Everybody's shaking. Me. Everybody's shaking because you know we want we want we want. We want a world of Mashiach, and we want these elections to bring us to a world of Mashiach, don't we? I think everybody wants that. So, we're going to see how the Rebbe Rashab, whose birthday is this Shabbos, is, um, working on that. Because Mazala Gaver that on his birthday, in his birthday parsha, which all of Parsha Bayeira is his parsha, he, it, it, it He's clearly working on it. It says that I think the Semokebek used to kind of decide who would be involved who would be in government positions at the beginning of the year, something like that. Clearly the Sadikim, the Rebeim, the Nasim, the Sedar, they very much uh work very hard on asking Hashem, let's say it that way, asking Hashem that the right people should be in office for the right time in history to uh make the whole process that Hashem is creating work through nature. Let's say it that way. So this week, who it's the Rebbe Rashab who surely is working on that. What do we want to say about the Rebbe Rashab? Three we first of all, we're 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 launching a project, um Linishmat Chaya, um, were the project of learning for the next year or so, Samach to Samach, that famous month, revolutionary minor that was said by the Rabbi Rashab in 1897, I think, Tafresh Pei Tafresh Nun I think, 18, my, either 96 or 97, which is around January. And um, And it's revolutionary because, as we always say, you need three legs on a stool for it to be stable. If you have two legs on a stool, it will fall down. Three legs is not bad. It will hold up the stool. You can sit on it. Four legs is even better. You need need three generations to create enough of a vessel in the world so that very high revelations should be able to, you may come down into the world and not, neither shatter the world nor be rejected by the world. Everybody knows that if, um, if somebody tells you news that's too much for you, you just tune it out. Um, anybody have that experience of, you know, speaking to someone and the other person is very focused on the computer and you're speaking to them? And you're saying, and so what do you think? And they're, all of a sudden they say, oh, you're talking to me? <laughs> Meaning, they knew you were speaking to them. They just didn't, they just couldn't handle what you were telling them. <laughs> so they tuned you out. Everybody knows that bad experience. They tuned you out. Oh you're, oh, you're speaking to me? Oh, oh, I didn't realize that. Meaning, I'm not a vessel for what you have to say, so I tuned you out. I, I pushed it away. I just, I just ignored it. I rejected what you had to say. It can be, God forbid, negative news, negative things, or just jobs, you know, we have to get new storm windows, you know, I really don't want to hear about it now, or it can be even good news, Um, anything that's bigger than the vessel of a person, somebody can come to someone and say, guess what, you just won $5 billion. We think that everybody will jump for joy, not necessarily, because it very much overwhelms their vessel. The proof is, the Rebbe has been giving us amazingly good news for 30 years, and we keep, we get, we keep pushing it away. And like, yeah, I don't know, whatever, whatever. Once a person's saying whatever, you know that they're not a vessel for that news. The Rebbe said, this is it, Mashiach. Mashiach. And what did the Rebbe tell us about the elections and the world situation and all of that? The world is going to look like it's falling apart at the seams. Everybody will be running around in terror. What's going to be? How are things going to work out? Exactly what's happening today. Half of America is planning to go crazy after, you know. Half of America will be happy. The other half will not be happy. Maybe it's not half. And really, Hashem is going to make a miracle. Everybody's going to be happy with the outcome of the election because it's going to come out the way Hashem wants. So that will be interesting to see how that will happen. You need large vessels. This revelation that's going to happen, that's happening in this week, um, through the elections in the United States, it's Vayera Elav Hashem, the Pasek, in the Chumash, and Hashem appeared to him. To whom did Hashem appear? To Avram Avinu. Okay, well that's interesting, sure. Where do we see it? Uh, the Abraham Accords. That's just the nature of Alkimteva, according to the laws of nature. The Abraham Accords. Abram one of Avinu, one of his greatest dreams. We assume is that his children should be able to work together to manifest his dream of Geula, rather than oppose each other. He has, you know, he has um, Yitzchak and Yishmael, and from Yitzchak comes Yaakov Avinu. So you're talking about. Yaakov Avinu and Ace Asa V'Nishmol. Classically, Yaakov Avinu, whatever Yaakov attitude was towards Asa Ace Asa V'Nishmol didn't tend to have such good feelings about Yaakov Avinu. So that means that Avram Avinu's children and grandchildren weren't um, weren't, w- weren't collaborating to bring Ga'ula. They were working against each other. Each one pulled in a different direction. And, and quite, I mean, we don't want to trivialize the Holocaust, that was ace of, the pogroms, that was ace of the, you know, the 1929 massacre in in Rahman Slam. Rahman Slan, all these things, that was Yishma. These are, these are tragedies beyond tragedies perpetrated against Yaakov Avinu by his... Uh, brothers, brothers, nephews, and so we don't want to just trivialize it like the New York Times would by saying, you know, they really need to learn to get along. Uh, Yeah, but uh, the other guys need to uh, start behaving. And so obviously, this is Avram Avinu's greatest aspiration, the fact that in these weeks it's happening, that Yishma is being pushed and and, and prodded and negotiated with and, and, uh, what's the word, uh, um, not just forced, but, um bribed by Asaph to get along with Yaakov, to start to be good to Yaakov Avinu. Asaph comes along to Ishmael and says, what can I do to bribe you? What can I offer you to bribe you to to get along, to be good to Yaakov Avinu? And then Yishmael could turn around and say, you are asking me that. And what about your history? Pogroms, crusades, Holocaust, um, um, et cetera, et cetera, uh, Inquisition. You, Asa, what? you have blood on your hands. You're coming to me and saying, Yishma, no more blood on your hands. I want you to be good to Yacobinu and you. So I guess they're saying to each other, okay, okay, okay. We, it's like they have a sense that, as the Yal-Kishimoni says, they, some, they ha, they, they, their mazel feels that the Yal-Kishimoni, which was quoted by the Rebbe 30 years ago, says, in this, at this period of history, Mashiach will stand on the rooftop of the of meaning outside of Eretz Yisrael, and he will declare, Jewish people, do not be afraid. Everything that is done is, being, is done for you. The time of your gaula has come. Don't be afraid. Don't worry. So 30 years later, that's how much more potent than even then. Not to fear, because all of this is for ga'ula and for, Geu- for our ga'ula. We deserve the ga'ula, I don't know, first, or we deserve our rightful leadership place in the ga'ula. We certainly paid our dues with, with horrors for all of our history. We certainly paid, paid our... Use. Starting with Nimrod. There's no end to, you know, the book of horrors, of anti-Yaakov Avinu horrors. It's it's a long book, is line. So the Rebbe Rashad, who is at the beginning of three generations of Niyad, the Rebbe Rashad, the Freed Zegreda, and the Rebbe, forming this threesome to this almost like in of three to say the time of G'ullah has come, the three legs make the world stable enough to be a vessel strong enough to receive the revelation of Mashiach. Begins with the Rebbe Rashab. So by the way, that's why I'm saying the Maimer, Samach to Samach, by the Rebbe Rashab, that begins the third generation, the Rebbe Rashab, the previous Rebbe, you know, his son, and then his son getting married, so now you have the possibility of the third generation, the Rebbe Simcha Moshka, So now you have this three-legged stool. So um, we're launching this project. We hope to find the secrets in this mimer about how you can reach the impossible, create the impossible through joy. One of the traditions of the Rebbe is that you can do impossible things. You can reach that frequency of impossibility with joy. Joy seems like not that you have to be happy all the time. Dosi do, clap your hands, and you know, when your partner dozy do, clap your hands, tap your feet, and you're already doing the joyful thing. And that in itself, as small an act as it seems, will open up the vessel to make impossible things be 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 extremely realistic. So, um, and the Rebbe Rashi is somehow a catalyst in this whole process. So why am I saying it? Because we're at a pivotal moment in history this week, and it's the Rebbe Rashad week. So he clearly, whether he was told at the very beginning, you will be the one who will have this pivotal role in Gaula, or else, however it was chosen, the Rebbe Rashab's week would be the week when this monumental election would happen, that would be so determining for the future of the world. Um, what is why the Rebbe Roshab was chosen for this? Um, I'm sure lots of reasons. I'll just give one thought. Every single Rebbe, when he uh, when he begins his nasiot, a nasi, a nasi, when he begins his nasiot, he'll begin with a, a, a Mimer, or in something in Torah, um, which is which explains what his mission is all about for all of the years of his leadership. The Reverend the first minor was Kesayut Crown was given to you. Um, and by the way, he was born on Chaf Cheshun, the toughest crown, the crown of the month of Cheshun. We said yesterday, Cheshun is the most mundane month. No holidays, it's rainy, cold, clocks change. it's dark, you're You left Tishra, you left a month full of joy and rejoicing and holidays, and now you're into this cold, rainy, dark, you know, mundane, in the trenches kind of a month, and Chav Cheshven is a crown in the midst of this, which means that there's kingship and leadership in this specific thing. When you're in the pit, at the bottom of the pit, you find this diamond crown, this Diamond-studded gold crown, the crown of leadership, down at the bottom of the pit. Not only, you know, figuratively speaking, when you fall into deep pits, that's where you find the crown. We have a whole generation of young people that know that, sense that, they don't know how to say it. So they said, so we'll go into the pit. Because they sense that there's a crown down there at the bottom of the pit. And they're determined to find it. And we say, no, 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 don't go. And they say, no, I have to go. I have to go. I have to find the crown, crown of leadership. The secret. There's a secret embedded in the crown about what leadership really is. It says that um, the, uh, the Rambam says, um, the, entire, the occupation of the whole world will be nothing other than to Noah Hashem. And destroy Yehuda come Gun and the Jewish people will know all the deep hidden secrets, and they will do the leaders of the world and the teachers of the world to teach this knowledge of God that the whole world will be craving. So, okay, so where does the Red Roshav fit in with this? Craving. The whole world will crave, crave to know God. And all they'll want to do is know God. Everything else they will find boring. So we said yesterday, and we're just going to mention it again for a second, the famous story of the Rebbe Rashad being four or five years old, which the Rebbe would say this story every single year, went to his Zayde the Tzemach for his birthday bracha in his Parsha, Parsha Zayera, and started to cry and asked, why did Hashem appear to Avram Avinu? Zayera elav Hashem. Avram Avinu was sitting at his tent. He just had his Brick milah. He's now able to have way higher revelations of Hashem than ever before. Way higher, because of his britz So he, as Avram Avinu was sitting there, Hashem appears to him, as a result of him now being able to see these revelations. So, back to the Rebbe Rashad, the Rebbe Rashad is a little child, and cries to his veda, and asks, why did Hashem appear to Avram Avinu and not to us? The word is not me, not to us. Not to all Jews. Why doesn't Hashem appear to all Jews? Only Adam and, Eve? and It's a very profound question. And of course, when a, Rebbe, as a, when a Rebbe asks a question, his question is an activator. It's not just a question. It's an activator. It activates energies in the world. So what's the question? Why, don't, why doesn't Hashem appear to us? Well, let's reverse engineer What is the Rev. Roshav activating? This is in the year 1855, yes? That Hashem should appear to us. Okay? Hashem should appear to us. Every single Jew. As much as he did to Abba Mavini. Okay? What else is he activating, the Rev. Roshav? He's crying. He's crying. Why is he crying? Because he wants it so badly. He wants so badly that Hashem should appear to us as much as Sir Avim Avinu, but he cries. So you have their intense longing, intense desire, and desire for something very profound, and also maybe something that needs to be grounded. So, And the Rebbe Rashab is speaking to his, an, an, his Zayda, who's from another generation. If we're going to look at the history of Chabad, we have seven generations of Chabad there are those who say that the first three generations, of the Al the middle the Maketis, are dealing more with genius, um, you know, enabling a chassid and a Jew to become a deeply inward person of truth and, and depth. A lot of deep inward work. The second three generations, which is um, the Rebbe marash the Rebbe Rashad, and the previous Rebbe, and then uh, those second three generations, and then all brought down into everyday life by the seventh generation, the Rebbe, our generation, more the focus is on not just you becoming a deeply wise inward person, but now activating it in the world. So you could say that maybe the first three generations are more Kind of spiritual personal work and the, the second three generations and then the, the last generation, the seventh is more about bringing down, it, less spiritual work, bringing it down here into this world, getting the job done. So if somebody from the second three generations, the river is speaking to somebody from the first three re- re- generations, somebody from the world of doing stuff, that's the Rebbe Rashab's generation, is speaking to his grandfather from the world of spirituality, and the two are connecting, then you see that it's a collaboration to create a colossal change in the world. Spiritually, the samashevik is there to pull down everything that his grandfather and his His grandfather gave him the ability to enable people to become deeply spiritual, to long for spirituality, and to bring down very powerful revelations. And at the same time, the Rebbe Shab's generation, you're going to bring down such powerful things. You better be ready because it's going to it's going to flow down fast and furious, and it's going to be very intense. You catch it. If it's raining so much, put out buckets to catch the water. That's a mikvah. Catch the rainwater. It's precious. Don't let it go. Catch the rainwater. So, the Reverend Rashab's job is to ask, what do we do to catch the revelation? So, his Zayda answers the following. If you want to, if you want Hashem to appear to us, here's the formula. And the answer to the question, why does the Hashem appear to us? The answer was of his Zeda, his grandfather, when a Jew, a Tzadik, not just a regular Jew, but a Tzadik, decides at the age of 99 that he has to do a Bresnila, meaning he has to, um, what's the word, he has to uh, really start from square one. He has to unblock Anything that stands in the way of him being one with Hashem. When he makes that decision at the age of 99, that's what we'll do it. Then the whole thing starts. Then he's fit that Hashem should appear to him. What do you mean fit? Oh, he was so good. He did a with mila at 99. No, it's more than that. At age 99, isn't the person allowed to say, I did, I accomplished. I accomplished. Whatever I did, I did. I I deserve to retire now. Now's not the time to say, well, we start from square one. If I work my way up to becoming the CEO, I'm not going to go and get a job as a janitor somewhere or something, you know, right at, right at ground level because I'm 99. I earned my, my wings. You know, I earned my badges that I got from being in the war. I'm 99. I deserve to retire with a lot of medals on my, of all everything that I achieved, you know, all these war medals on my uniform, and that's okay. Nobody would say, well, who do you think you are, age nine? You might say to somebody who's 29, well, who do you think you are, retiring at 29? Excuse me, this is your time to work. The world needs you to work. It's not a time to retire. But nobody says that to somebody who's 99. You're 99, they say, you worked hard, you achieved the loss, you, you, you have the medal of war, meaning you went through a lot of wars. You deserve now to sit back and say, I did what I needed to do. This is not a time that we expect for you to, like, you know, get up off your chair and start from square one. Nobody asks a 99-year-old to start from square one. He's allowed to bathe in, marinate in his achievements. Somebody, 19, you know, they say, oh, I don't know. I need somebody to drive me around. Excuse me. You can get on the bus. You're 19 years old. (laughs) It's okay. You can get on. Nobody needs to, you know, nobody needs to spoon feed you. You're 19 years old. You can can figure it out yourself. We'll help you, but... You can do some work. It's okay. You're 19. I know, but I want to be the CEO of the company. It's okay. You can apply for a simple job. You're 19. And you can work really hard to work your way up, although it's not a popular concept in this generation. But you're 19, but not 99. 99, you're not expected to start from square one. The samba Tzedek is saying, and what do you think Avram Avinu did? he was 99, and he said, well, I'm going to start from square one. I'm going to do a brisnila, meaning I'm going to do a mitzvah that expresses that whatever relationship I built up over 99 years, and Adam Levine did a lot of good, a lot, whatever, we're not going to go into it, but that was a full 99 years. For him to say, my relationship with Hashem was pretty blocked, you know, that wasn't really what you would call a relationship with Hashem. My Brit Mila expresses that I'm now going to remove the, the, the block between myself and Hashem. Oh my, well, Avram Avinu, if you had a block between you and Hashem, what do I say about myself? Yeah, well, we're all going to do this. We're all going to live on that level of no matter what I've achieved, relative to what I can achieve, you haven't seen anything yet. We start from square one with Hashem's help and then miracles happen. Miracles happen. That's essentially the way I understand it, the answer of the, of the tam-a-tabic. Make a decision when you're 99 and you're a I mean, you didn't, you're not just 99, but you did stuff in righteousness and you make a decision that you start from square one, that you remove the blockage between you and Hashem, Hashem will appear to you. You have made yourself into a vessel for a very lofty revelation. Okay, so this story was expressed by the Rebbe many, many, many times. Different lessons and different, different energies brought out and activated through it. But here in this shicha, one of the things that is focused on is the idea of desire. What do we desire? What do we want? This is a generation of want. I want. You know, I I, I want and I don't want. And and, and it's not even an incorrect, we want Mashiach now. We want Mashiach now. We don't want to wait. This is that generation. And the Rebbe said, why should we be embarrassed? Other generations say, excuse me? Who even wants Mashiach and we don't want to wait? Ah, you're six years old and you say, we don't want to wait? Who are you? Says the Rebbe, no, 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 very good. We want now. We don't want to wait. Very good. Just use it for the right thing. Your energy is the correct energy. The older generation is good. They know their place. They know you have to be, you know, you have to earn your your permission to want things and say I don't want to wait. And you youngins haven't earned it. So the Rebbe said, yes, but If you're asking for Mashiach, you you just earned it, I guess, by being born. You're here, you're a Jew, you're in this generation, you don't even know who you are. And not only that, guess what, guys? You'll pay it forward. The older generation feels like, you know, I have to pay back my debt. You know, how dare I ask for Mashiach now? I don't want to wait. Have I paid off my debt to Hashem? Have I done enough? in my service to Hashem to dare to ask for such a horchitic thing? Have I paid back? Hashem gave me so goodness, I, so much goodness I didn't pay it back yet. But in this generation, you don't have to pay anything back. It's amazing. You just declare bankruptcy. That's right. Who pays anything back? You declare bankruptcy and start again. No, but there's a new concept. Pay it forward. Pay it forward. Meaning, no, we don't want to wait. We want shift now. We want, 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 shift. now. We don't want to wait. Don't worry. You'll be given plenty of jobs, lots of kajakot, lots of talents, and lots of jobs that come along with it. You'll have ample opportunities to pay it forward. You'll be put in a unique situation, each one of you, where nobody else can do the job and it's you. And you don't even recognize yourself as having those kind of talents. You'll be paying it forward, no problem. So you can want and you should want now. We don't want to wait because <laughs> you're, going to, you're going to be paying it forward. So that's some, that's some of what we see happening in this story, in this interaction. And as the Rebbe says, it emphasizes that um, you would think, again, okay, this applies to a Jew who's a tzaddik. At 99, he was a Tzaddik, number one. I'm not a Tzaddik. I may be a Jew, but I'm not a Tzaddik. And I'm not 99. And they didn't achieve what Avonavinu achieved. Um doesn't apply to me. Nice story. Very nice. Oh, and, you know, has have some illustrations in the book. It's so nice. Little storybook. Whatever they call it. The 99, you know, I don't know. Some, you know, market it nicely. And it's a sweet little story. The says, no, 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 no. Forget about the marketing thing. Um, you think it means Avram The Rebbe Rashad is saying, no, it means you. I'm asking for you. It means you. The Rebbe Rashad is saying, I want this for every Jew. Of course, I want, I want it, so to speak. Not for myself. for As myself, the activator of every Jew. I want this for every Jew. And then, really, you could say from every Jew to every human being in the world to see truth. That's what we said yesterday, to see truth. What are the elections about today? People are trying to see truth. They're just some clearer about what truth is. And everybody's mucking around in the dark trying to figure out what truth is. In, the, in, in, in a way, with all the insanity and the corruption and the this and the that, But you see an instinct of, you know, you think, how could they vote for that? They think that's the expression of truth. You know, my son-in-law today said to me, you know, some of my friends are voting for it, and I was like, oh my goodness, I just, uh, my stomach hurts. You know, they, hello, are you Jewish? Do you want? You know, you want, like, a, a good life? You want to go back to the dark ages again? You know, but why would they do it? They think it's truth. So you see at the basis of it all, which means Hashem will make his own miracle, at the basis of it all, everybody, they, you know, you have to speak your truth. They all think that they're all looking for truth. They want somebody that will re- represent truth for them. That's already a good thing. How they're getting there is a whole other question, but they want truth. So, and who's opening this up? Who opened this up in 1865 um, and is opening it up this week? The Rebbe Rashad. Reb Shalom does there. All the things that the Rebbe says about the name, but Shalom is peace between, you know, a bear is very a bear is uh, very restless. And at the same time, you know, sleeps the whole winter, but very restless. And, um, but he's able to make peace between his, his, corp- his big, heavy self, his uh, the big animal, which you would think that he would be very lazy, you know, be, like, lying around all the time. But once he wakes up after his winter nap, he's very restless, the restless bear. It's a funny kind of a thing. How can you have a restless bear? A bear is big and bulky. It should be lazy. How do you have restless bear? These are two opposites in one creature. The Shal- Shalom Dove Bear is able to make peace between these two completely opposite qualities, which would explain, you know, what we're saying, creating the impossible through joy, "Sama to Samach, said by the Rebbe Rashad. That's what the Rebbe Rashad is opening up. Opposites that come together in an impossible way. So, which might mean that somehow, somehow miraculously, a few weeks down the line, everybody will be happy with the results of the election. You can't imagine, according to the laws of nature, how, but Hashem can do anything. And the Reverend Rashad is working surely over time this week to make it happen. So, um, again, we're saying you would think you have to be 99 years old and exotic. And make a decision to do a bris mila, And that's who this whole thing applies to. Um, but by the way, who's asking for this? Who's asking for Hashem to appear? A little, a little child. But a little child who will be a rabbit. So it's called biting, That You know, every nasyadar as a child is really a nasyadar. And has the, the, the great understanding of truth that is not childlike in any way. And um, the fact that the Rebbe Rasha was crying about this, because he cared so intensely, and he wanted to open up the channels for every single Jew, and again, I'm surmising every single human being, to want truth, to see Hashem, Hashem intensely, to the point of tears. To the point is, here we're expecting that in the next few, over the next few days, depending, you know, some people are going to be crying. Oh, their candidates, you know, usually people. Oh no, I wanted my candidate to win. But we know that already four years ago they had therapy centers and people were crying for days and a home mishmash. People were crying. What are they crying about? If they were crying four years ago, you can imagine how they're going to cry tomorrow, right? What were they again? Were, <laughs> what, what are these tears? Why is why are people why were people crying? Why why are half of America or a third of America planning to cry already or not cry? Because they feel that if they don't have truth manifested through the way they see truth coming out in the world, they can't go on. God forbid, they want truth. What does that mean? They want truth. They want to see Hashem. Hashem is truth. They want to see Hashem. They want what the Rebbe Roshab is activating them to want. Um, and it, and the interaction, the story of the Rebbe Roshab and, and the Semoch Chedek, his, his grandfather, is showing us that this is for us. This is, this is, this is not only a, for a tzaddik who's 99 who does a great it it's for every one of us. So, So now let's sum all this up by looking at Brithnila. Because we see that this whole story, again, centers around the idea of Brithnila, that um, the interaction um, is all, uh, this story is is all centered around Brithnila. That means there's something pivotal in Brithnila. We're not just talking about circumcision. There's a spiritual Brithnila. It says in the future that, you know, Hashem will take away the covering over our hearts, et cetera, et cetera. It's, it's, it's removing a covering that is in the way of experiencing truth. But there's the mitzvah of B'rish I have a story that I don't remember the really good details of, but a very moving about a, a Jew who... I don't remember when when he was relatively young, at some point he was approached by somebody, maybe he I'm going to ruin the details, I would have to watch the video again, but maybe he was uh, asked to be part of a minion I don't remember, essentially he didn't have a bris mila, so maybe maybe he went to the Rebbe for a dollar it's possible, maybe he went to the Rebbe for a dollar, something like that, and maybe the Rebbe said, what about bris mila I don't remember but it was, you know, it was time for you to do a brit Yeah, yeah, okay, fine. And did not, um, or asked for a bracha for something. I don't, I don't remember. But essentially said, right? How, you know, how was it possible? How did anybody have the rabbi know he didn't have a brit meal? Please excuse me for ruining the story. But um, he did not, and he did not go ahead and immediately do a brit Um, number of years later, a number of years later, it was his grandson's bar mitzvah. And Chabad Shliach uh, came to the bar mitzvah and saw the grandfather sitting there and said, uh, how come you're not dancing? He said, no, who are you? He said, actually, I'm the grandfather of the bar mitzvah. Said, oh, so let's dance. I said, no, no, I'm not dancing. Well, why not? He said, I promised my grandson that for his bar mitzvah I would do a bris meal. So that was today, or yesterday, so rather sit. (laughs) Rather sit now is a difficult procedure. Um, Rather sit now. But somebody who kind of resisted for so many years, you know, the moment came where he realized It's time to step into a new reality. Again, I ruined the details of the the true story, but that means each one of us. Time for a brisnila. Whoever I was until now, male, female, time for a spiritual brisnila. Who I saw myself to be in the past was maybe good enough for then. It's not good enough for this moment and for the future. Stepping into the role of leaders of the world, we each need to have a bris mila. No matter how much we've achieved, the the, the energies that will be sent down into us, the talents that will be opened up in us, the, the the abilities require a vessel big enough that comes through. Whether it's a physical bris mila of a boy, or a spiritual bris, and or a spiritual bris mila of being open to a whole new frequency, a whole new relationship with with Hashem, a whole new visibility of Einod Mo'Vaday, that with everything that's happening, in a way, I don't have to worry or be afraid. I I guess I don't even have to worry about the outcome of the elections in the United States because Vaday, the boss, like Trump said, like President Trump said, mask yes, mask no, we do this, we do that, In the end, it's all up to the boss. We saw two videos. We saw the governor of New York said, our numbers are down in New York State. It's not because of God, and it's not because of a higher power, and it's not because of, you know, something spiritual or or divine or whatever. It's because we did it. All right. Well, that's not exactly saying Hashem runs the world. And then you have a video of President Trump saying, We can do this and we can do that. And in the end, and he points upward, it's all up to the boss. We're small people. It's all up to the boss. He runs the world. So it's all up to the boss. That recognition that in the end, Hashem is taking care of everything. And we want to follow his directive to assist him to take care of things in the best way possible. That's the spiritual mila, in a way. So it turns out about Brismillah, and again, Avraham Avinu had this revelation right after his Brismillah. That's what caused him to be able to experience such a high revelation of Hashem, of Yud-Chei rather than Elochim. And it turns out that the revelation of Vayirei L'Avavai, that Hashem appears to through Brithmila to a Jew, it's a very high revelation. Um, how do you compare it to... In the parsha before, Lef Lecha, Vayera Hashem Al-Avram. Hashem also appeared to Avram Avinu last week's parsha. So what's the difference? Hashem appeared, Hashem appeared. Why is this one a higher way of Hashem appearing? And it's two reasons. Number one, the level of godliness. Vayera Lav Habaya. You're talking about this week, so to speak this week, a revelation of Hashem, higher than nature. Very high level of Yitzchak Vavsky. And and that's number one, very high revelation. And number two, um, a revelation to Avraham Avinu. This very high revelation, he got it. He didn't push it away. He didn't ignore it. He didn't not see it. He didn't, uh, he, he was right there with it, saw the revelation, experienced it, and took it in. He didn't reject it, and he didn't overeat instead. He didn't, you know, grab a cigarette because he couldn't deal with it. He he didn't have another cup of coffee because it was too heavy for him. You know, he didn't stuff his face with popcorn. You know what I'm saying? What do we all do? These revelations come to us, so we eat a bunch of popcorn, or we, you know, eat a package of cookies, or we, it's too much. We're just like, no. We're not aware of it. You know, why did I just eat a package of cookies? I don't know. (laughs) Okay, so sometimes it's, Hashem is coming to us, and we're not prepared for that revelation, so we eat a package of cookies instead. So, how fun is that? Till till right then, we try to figure out what to do to not eat the package of cookies, stop resisting the revelation of Hashem. He's coming and speaking to us. So the Brit Mila enabled Avim Avinu to take in this revelation to be a vessel for it. Very high revelation. Deep within himself, until he had the Brit Mila, he didn't have the Kayach to stand and you know, face to face with Hashem. And that's why, oh, and, and that's why it says He sat by near his tent, in the heat of the day. Why was it hot? Hashem took the sun, the sheath, the covering off the sun. Not only was it physically hot, it was spiritually hot. It was a powerful revelation of Shem Shavaya without a covering, without being covered by nature. It was a moment where Hashem just appeared openly without covering Himself in, in nature. And yet, can you imagine sitting for such a revelation? You know, you're just sitting around on a chair. How do you sit? Because he was now able to sit and receive such a revelation. Sitting means you internalized it in a way of pityashva. It settles into yourself. We're going to see in the next couple of days what that has to do with Samkhaitzvimin and how it is that specifically Varev Rashad is the one who established established a revolution in education. He sat. Fat, Yoshev, Yeshiva. We'll, we'll, we'll see how that all comes together. That's, that's, that's the amazing thing about this story. One want to say Hashem appears to you? Every other Navi, Hashem would speak to them and they would fall on the ground and roll around and froth at the mouth because their body wasn't a vessel for that kind of revelation. For the Rebbe Rashad, for Avram Avinu, sorry. His body was a, became a vessel through Bris Mila for that kind of revelation. Wow, maybe that would happen to us. Well, the Rebbe Roshad says, that's what I want for you guys. I want you to be in everyday life, you know, you reach the traffic circle at Grand Army Plaza and you're trying to figure out, wait, do I turn right or left? And you experience Hashem appearing to you. Not after you figure out which way to turn at Grand Army Plaza. But while you're doing it, That's how you figure it out. You want that revelation of Hashem to be in your everyday cheshvan life, mundane, you know. Oh, you know, which gasoline do I choose for my car? The more expensive octane, high octane, low octane? That's where we want the revelation to be, in the trenches, in the everyday thing. So... um, and the reason, by the way, that this whole mitzvah, which gives you this very high revelation, and yet turn causes it to be internalized, comes through Mistress Mila, I'm not going to say I understand this, but the myth of Mila is higher than all the other mitzvahs in the Torah, because it, number one, it's the, it's, it's the mitzvah that's uh, installed in the physical body. And number two, from the Island, it's an eternal covenant between us and Hashem in the physical body. And, and in a way that's beyond what you understand. You know, you're eight years old, you don't really choose. Only Yishma chose, he was 13. But anybody else? Discuss, did he choose? No, you're eight years old. This connection with Hashem is installed in you in a way that's beyond what you have to think through. It becomes your basic download mode, basic default mode. That's really huge. Your basic default mode becomes I see Hashem and I want to see Hashem. And there are many other reasons why bris mila. Um, and not only that, the mitzvah of mila brings holiness not only into the physical body of the Jew, but into the physical world. Brit Mila. Let's hear this again because we're right in we're in the day of elections. Brit Mila of a Jew brings very high revelation down into the physical mind. You mean into American elections? Yeah. Uh huh. How is that possible? That's what it does. Gam the gashmiyta elam into the physicality of the world. Where do we see that? Vayera lo vashem where was Avram Avinu sitting when Hashem appeared him after Brit Mila in the plains of Mamre? What does Mamre mean? Merida. You know, the, the place of rebellion. You know, you know, the election polls where this one wants that and that one wants this and, you know, it's, uh, it's, uh... Levitic in the world, you know, interesting, interesting ideas that people have. Elon and laundry It's like Avram Avina was sitting outside the door of the election polls. You know, PS 310, <laughs> whatever it is, go right there, ma'am, to 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 vote. That's where he was sitting. He was right there at that doorpost. Sitting right there looking for visitors, looking for people coming his way to direct them to truth. He's sitting there. It's like Arthur was sitting outside every election center today in the United States as he sat in the post office. So to speak, that's the plains of Monre. The place, it's this place, his tent. Was situated in the plains of this place of rebellion, the United States of America. God bless America. That's where he was sitting, the Elanimam, Elanimam. and that Kishan Nimol Avram, Sham Hafiyah Shinasa. And in that place, you know, in like in the trenches, in the place, in the hood, in the hood, he's sitting in the hood. What do you think Ilani Mamre means? Where was this tent? for well, hey, where'd he have his crib, man? He had his crib in, where, where, you know, he had his crib in the hood, man. That's where he had his crib. That's where he did it. He did his breath meal in the hood. Ilani Mamre. And he's waiting for people to come through, traveling through the hood, and he's going to talk to people from the hood. And he's going to show them God. So he's sitting at the door of every election poll today, so to speak. And that's where his bris was. And that's where the Shekhinah appeared to him. Once the Shekhinah appears to Avram Avinu, who's the father and grandfather of Yacob that's us. sub, that's, you know, the people running for office. And Yishmol, the guys over there, you know, in the Middle East that uh, are thinking what they're thinking. That's most, of, that's most of the world. Maybe that's the whole world. Yaakov, and Yisrael. These are his kids. These are Al-Habinu's children. And, and you know, um, what did somebody say? If you want to know whom to vote for, ask yourself, whom do you think, uh, I don't know the names of all these awful terrorists, Middle East terrorists, um but you know whatever you know I'm not in the political scene to know, but everybody who knows you know these these you know the head of Iran or whatever, these people who have really, really evil intentions for the entire world, whom do you think they want to win today? They do not want President Trump to win okay, then ask yourself, hmm, should. Why do they want Mr. Such-and-Such to win? Not for wonderful, righteous reasons. For reasons of, hey, we could destroy the world even faster with our evil plans. Oh, great. Would you want to vote for their candidate? Just think. Look at your enemy and ask yourself, whom is my enemy supporting? Well, now I know whom to support. The one that my enemy is not supporting. Very clear. Very simple. So. So, imagine, in this whole crazy place of, you know, Yishmael, Esau, etc. versus Yaakov Avinu, that's where the Shekhinah comes to Avraham Avinu, as the Sforna says, that the revelation of the Shekhinah is connected, to Galopah Shekhinah Kshurah V'Nim Sheches V'Chadurah The revelation of the Shekhinah, of Hashem's presence, is connected with and brought down and installed into the place. The place. The polling booth. The United States of America. The United Nations. The world at large. The Middle East. The place. That's where it all happened. So so what we're saying is a brick Mila of a Jew will have a huge effect on the world. What is this whole week about? The Rebbe Rashab begging for, opening up the desire for a Brit Nila, spiritually, et cetera, physically. This is the week of Brit Mila. Abba Mavina's week, it's Rebbe Rashab's week. This is the week of Brit Mila. What does Brit Nila do? It affects the physical world. The United States of America and the hood. Because Brith Nila is connected with the Brith of the land. We inherit the land of Israel, the holy land, through this mitzvah. The mitzvah of nila opens up, makes possible for us to take this physical world and make it Holy, make it into Eretz How? Through Brith Mila. It opens it up and it activates it. And so, um, we take Eretz Canaan and we make it into Eretz Yisrael, the land that wants to do the will of Hashem. So, and to say it one, you know, just to finish it all off. These two extremes in the midst of Mila, very high level of godliness, And the fact that it comes down, 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 down into somebody's body and into the world, the highest and the lowest, of course, are connected. Because specifically, when you bring it down, 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 so much godliness down into this world, wow. The everything changes. And why is that? Because the whole point is Hashem wants to be down here in the lowest world. Not just a, a revelation of Hashem that comes down, down, down into all the levels, but um, we don't want just these revelations. You know, oh, I want to see the revelations of God. Yeah. Been there, done that. And you say, what do you want? And you're awfully spoiled. I want the essence of God in this. In the hood. In the plains of Mamre. In the hood. In the subway station. etc., In the candy wrappers. That's where I want to experience the essence of Hashem. Right? And that's what Hashem says. That's, I want to be there. As it says, All the heavens cannot contain your presence, Hashem. Only this physical place, this physical house. All the upper spiritual world cannot hold the essence of Hashem. Only this of Migdish down here in this physical world from which light goes out to the whole world, only down here, you being, and your home, and yourself being a personal of migdash. that's where the essence of Hashem can reside, in you, in your home, in your life. Wow. And not in all the spiritual worlds? Right. And so, it turns out that the main revelation of the Yesha Miti, the true true yesh of Hashem is in the yesh Gashmi. Where do you find Hashem's essence? Down here in the physical world. In the hood. I'm following the... Um, he is the only one Hashem who can create something from nothing. Without any reason. Without any reason. By the way, just to end off with this, to say the following. Um, when we... Ask people sometimes, you know, why would you vote for this, this, and this? No rational reason. Uh, no above, below, come the dust. No rational reason. So we hear, see here, it's very interesting, it's connected to this idea of Hashem wants to be down here in this world in the hood. No rational reason. He wants. And the Reverend Shah says, want, desire. Let's work with it. This is a generation of wanting and desiring. Great, let's work with it. Let's open up the channel. And so, at the end, off it says, "Vayera l'av Hashem." Hashem is hearing to Avraham Avinu that it happened through Mrs. Mila. Was it only him? Nope. Every Jew had it and has it happen to them. It says about Mila. The This b'rith is for you and your children, your seed, your generations forever after you. That means there's an advantage of having this b'rith in your flesh, this, this covenant installed, engraved in your flesh, and it exists with every single Jew until the end of generations forever. To such an extent, that our existence is really connected with B'rit Mila. Even before B'rit Mila. Before, the baby's not yet eight days old. He hasn't had a B'rit yet. He already has the advantage of the B'rit before he even had it. We see it in Halacha. Um, that he already has that Mila. And therefore, we understand, this exists for every single Jew. Hashem. Hashem. Hashem appears to every Jew when? when his godly soul enters him. When does it enter him? That is when Hashem appears to him. The nefesh kadosha the whole, the godly soul, the nefesh is a very high level of Hashem. And when you touch the essence of something, when you touch a part of the essence, you touch the whole thing. And that's why it says, Typus. when you touch it, tisa. You, 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 you acquire it. It's yours. Every single Jew acquires and becomes um, a balabayas, an owner, a way of, uh, somebody who has a connection and ownership of the essence of God himself. And this very high level, chela goes into your, the physical body which looks like everybody else's physical body. You know, 300 people at Walmart, they all seem to look the same. Some have a and some don't. There's an infinite difference. So even though it goes into that body that looks like everybody else's, you know, everybody's wearing a winter coat. The heat went off. You know, they're all standing in line to get into Walmart, so everybody's wearing a coat. You know who has a meal and who doesn't? No. I mean, if you're spiritually sensitive, you will. But the godly, the godly presence goes into the body of, of a, a Jew who has a Brit, of every single Jew. So that, and it creates, and this is where we're going to sum it up, the true highest, the true life force of the physical body is from the godly soul. Its true life force, a Jew who had a brith Mila, his body is being fed with life force by his soul. And therefore, the physical body of every single Jew is a holy body, Uf Kaddish. And he's called Adam, Atem Krim Adam. So again, to end off, therefore, through Bhrit the Jew's body becomes a holy body. He may look externally like everybody else, but his body becomes a holy body. He's able to achieve great things in the world. His body is being fed with life force by his soul. And he has extraordinary holy powers to create miracles and to make the world into a holy, the entire physical world into a holy, godly place, specifically through his prismila. Uh, and to, as we, we keep saying, to sum up, but to really sum up, but to really sum up, and therefore we understand that in this crucial week, crucial to American history and world history, past, present, and future, we understand that the Reverend Shad, through Brick Mila, is, is demanding of Hashem, that the desire to experience Hashem, as Avraham Avinu did, should be installed in every single Jew who has a holy body anyway, who has super, superhuman abilities and, and spiritual abilities anyway. All he needs now is a superhuman will, desire, to want to activate that and make that his default mode. The old us that whose default mode was ah, I'm a regular person. Who am I anyway? You know, whatever. I'm just one of the one of the bunch. I'm nothing special, etc. Those days are over. We stepped into a reality of we need to step into our super our superhuman desire to bring the world to Geula, because Hashem wants it, and He's giving us that desire, He's putting a firecracker under us. And the Rebbe Rashad is putting a firecracker under us under To stand for truth, the truth of Hashem. So may we experience the truth of Hashem being expressed in the Gula Mitesh Vashlema immediately now.